This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre, with expert commentary, analysis, and insights into the issues of the day. Dr. Jonathan Trevor is a lecturer in the Human Resources and Organisations Subject Group at Cambridge Judge Business School. He's the academic. Kate Toggero is the founder and managing director of Exfusion Limited, provider of executive coaching and team performance coaching to many senior executives in blue chip organisations, as well as many early stage and startup companies. She's the practitioner in this series of discussions around the theme of leadership. To get going, let's look at leadership versus fellowship and the suggestion from research that many employees think their bosses are not up to the job. Kate first, what research? It's the word on the street. There's been a lot of surveys done recently, employees in big organisations and small organisations. And I suppose a recurring theme that's come out is that people aren't happy and don't believe in the capability and leadership perhaps of their bosses. My view is that the bosses that know about this will do something about it. Bosses that um, perhaps aren't up to the job or aren't doing the right things will maybe hire as, as people like themselves. Are the bosses aware? Yes, I think bosses are aware, but, but we have to be careful here, particularly when we're thinking about uh, in reference to what type of research. There are, in fact, contradictory reports of what effective leadership looks like in the current financial environment. Um, there are a number of reports, exactly as Kate was saying, uh, which indicate that actually levels of satisfaction, engagement, loyalty, motivation in organisations are, are actually pretty much at an all-time low but there are other measures which are saying that actually, uh, given the difficult environments, uh, some leaders are managing people very well indeed. Uh, but it's managing not in the traditional sense of leadership, which is interesting for us as academics and consultants and researchers, but actually in the sense of how to manage people in a difficult time when the environment is very challenging, naturally. I think there's a lot of fear in the current marketplace. And going to Jonathan's point about historically how people have managed and led is perhaps, albeit a hackneyed expression, but the command and control piece, which doesn't really work anymore. And those bosses that lead, that, that coach, that mentor, that really take a lot of time understanding their people, understanding their marketplace, understanding the influence on the organisation really make a difference and I think the aware leaders the results speak for the, for themselves with the organisations if you talk about Apple you might talk about AL Gore to a degree you might talk about Google a business that's obviously moved on some way since the the, uh, the small startup it was albeit 10 11 years ago. Is it anything do you think to do with the way in which if you like our industry has changed there was a time when we were we majored on manufacturing engineering and it was clear who the bosses were who the foremen were who the leaders were and today we are centered on small medium enterprises I think the industry has changed and and I, I think this really plays to the point that Kate's making we are seeing um, a transition in terms of styles of leadership from autocratic command and control which made this made sense in the logic of the bureaucratic hierarchical organization where essentially power is concentrated at the top and the majority of the organization is really about execution and uh, to, to something which is far more organic something that's far more network based 
Um, and within that, actually, uh, leadership does look different. And it's precisely the, those qualities around coaching, around empathy, around emotional intelligence, around the ability to connect and engage with people um, throughout the organisation and not just in a purely top-down fashion that really matters. Now, the interesting thing is that uh, in many respects, the financial crisis, whilst uh, deeply disturbing for a great many people, not at least in terms of job insecurity, perhaps fear and uncertainty over the future, it's actually really forced the leadership issue. And there's a great deal of innovation that we're seeing in the leadership sphere in order to to try and cope in this very challenging environment. So in many respects, um, yes, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, many view that their bosses simply aren't uh, performing well or, or, or exhibiting the type of leadership that employees want in these times. But equally, there's a, there's a whole other dimension, which is it's really forcing the agenda. And we've seen some tremendously exciting things and particularly things that will be fit for the future. Um, so there is an upside, a silver lining in, in the current situation, as difficult as it may be at this, mm. at this current time. I, I think there's perhaps been more research done in the last 10, 20 years around brain function. MRI scans, CAT scans, all sorts of things around neurologically how we process information and therefore how we lead and the language we use. And so I think whilst perhaps five years ago companies were uncomfortable talking about that stuff, if you will, call it emotional intelligence, call it what you want to, but actually the, re- the research is very, very compelling now. And I think that the leaders that, that we work with and we see that are, are phenomenal leaders they hire people that are better than them, they hire people that are much more talented than them, and they know very clearly that they are there to inspire, to motivate, and to get a job done. But they have subject matter experts that will work out the how, if you like. This is where we're going, that's what we're doing as an organisation, but relying upon you to do it. I mean, just to give a sense of scale about potentially what some of the implications of exactly what Kate's talking about, which is is, is absolutely right, is we are comprehensive, comprehensively revisiting many of our uh, most cherished conceptions about what leadership is and indeed what constitutes good leadership, sure. not least of which one of the key uh, considerations or key questions being is, are leaders born or are they made? And within that has always been this rather um, thorny issue of charisma and charisma um, uh, research with colleagues here at Judge Business School um, gives some insight into this and research has, uh, or rather charisma has always been this sense of something which is conferred um, as a gift of grace or almost uh, divinely given and uh, what a lot of the research is revealing at the moment is that actually no it's not something you're born with it's not innate or intrinsic actually it's something you can acquire precisely ty- through the types of personal measures that Kate's describing which is oh, to say sure. engaging mm. uh, listening or rather in some sense mundane stuff but actually so vitally important but moreover I think it's doing it in your own way those people mm. who are charismatic are themselves most of the time, whether it's professional, whether it's personal, whatever they're doing. And they're allowing, I suppose, the brilliance that they have to do certain things to come through in their way of doing it rather than I have to be a boss and being a boss means I have to act like this, which might not be congruent to the way that person would typically operate. And I think if you operate in a way that works for you, that's where that charisma comes out and you learn it and it's yours and and people aspire to that. The message is to thine own self be true in many respects. Um, But that requires different skills, different um, attitudes and, and, a, and a degree of confidence. Uh, there is no prototypical or, or, or indeed any sort of packaged off-the-shelf-type shelf leadership solution. Increasingly, it is much more around what fits the individual and what fits the organisation, and that's a nuanced uh, view uh, which requires judgment uh, and, and the exercise of judgment in a very sensitive uh, way. Um, and, and that really is the leadership agenda, I think, at the moment. Well, it also takes time, doesn't it, uh, Anna? 
and it takes time to understand other individuals mm. and people. Mm. And, and so from a, if I'm going to be a leader, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Yes, you do, but you also need to take the time to understand your people, care about your people, know what makes them tick, know what's going to make things happen. But the whole definition of leadership has changed. Leadership today is more about enabling, isn't it? I think leadership's about, certainly it's about enabling, it's about a leader operating with a team that will enable them, empower them, whichever words you choose to use, to make something happen or to inspire something to happen or perhaps those leaders that allow their people to make a decision, to maybe hang themselves, to maybe not, to, to, to create and be innovative. I think organisations often, where I think Jonathan and I both got a lot of experience of it and, and sometimes you go in and the innovation has stopped or the creativity has stopped and when that stops, that's difficult for people then to think about, well, particularly in the current market, innovative ways of, of doing doing something a bit different, being ahead of the competitors, seeing what's going on, what do people want, what do we want internally, but actually what does that mean to people externally? And so a leader that can allow creativity and innovation really to bubble over is fantastic and so different to a few decades ago. I think that's absolutely right, but I'm afraid I'm going to be the woolly academic and say it depends, Um, because I think that's absolutely right, particularly in innovation-intensive environments, uh, particularly in environments where um, learning is a key element of of producing value in the organisation, whether it's through change or innovations or indeed uh, uh, just just great ideas, Uh, but those ideas shared and exchanged around the organisation. Equally, there are very many organisations for whom that model of leadership will probably never be appropriate, and actually they're far more execution focused it is around in a sense maintaining the bureaucratic integrity of the organization Um, and and so the answer is it depends and I think going forward it's not that we're transitioning from one form of organization to another purely it's not that actually it's moving from one type of leadership to another rather we're going to see a, a great many different variety of organizations emerge necessarily in response to a more complex and dynamic environment you know, in the past, there was really only one model, and it was the bureaucratic model, and it was top-down, it was autocratic, it was formalised, it was rule-bound, it was all of these things. And the temptation is to think that that will be a thing of the past. It won't be, but like I say, it'll be just one of a number of different types of organisation. And in some respects, the leadership question, I think, needs to be understood in respect of how, or, or rather, how industry is changing and how these organisations are emerging and leadership will look different in each of these areas. But I have to say, I mean, exactly as Kate says, you know, in a sense, the, the critical mass for leadership research, development, I think interest, and indeed what we're seeing across the board are, are certainly a requirement for, for these different leadership qualities, which simply don't mean the charismatic leader sitting on top of the hill issuing edicts and directives it is something much more organic, something much more embedded than that. And it is exactly that enabling role that matters. Thank you both very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Music